Welcome to this week's edition of Bills Backers of Kansas City Podcast with your hosts, Zach and John. What's going on, Bills backers of Kansas City and and maybe even just football fans in general? Um, it's John and I. It's weird to say John now. and we and, We've made it. We're uh, back. Randy. <laughs> yeah. We're back and uh, decided to do this. Um, we kind of went away for a little while. I don't know if everyone knows about our life events, but the long and short is that Zach had a kid and I was moving and getting getting uh, engaged so it's been a it's been an off season and really really a season off um but i i believe zach the last time we made this podcast the bills went to the afc championship is that correct me if i'm wrong well i think we did a couple episodes last season before but the last full season of episodes i that that could be true um i'm not gonna check the stats let's just say it's true and then just run with it um also just fun fact like this whole off season has been kind of weird like it's been fun to be a fan you kind of mentioned that in your text to me and i i just it's weird because it was just getting to sit and enjoy football which was nice but then i wanted to do podcasting and just because it's an outlet you know but maybe less Less yeah. like it was before, and just having fun with this and talking football as a whole, not this Bill-centric podcast. Yeah, I think obviously we're still going to be Bill-centered, um, <laughs> but that's that's just who we are as fans. I uh, I was bullied into coming back by Zach. I really did not <laughs> want to, but uh, I kind of like the more I think about it, is it's nice to have a place to come and vent your frustrations or also celebrate success. So. Uh, we'll, we'll talk football. We'll talk fantasy football. Uh, I'm in five leagues, Zach. How many are you in? I am in three. Um, and doing my first dynasty league this year. Um, get to draft that one tomorrow night. Um, so I'm not really sure how that one's going to go. It's just, it's kind of one of those odd situations, I feel like, where you, do you have the expectations that the league is going to last? So do you want to, do you want to win long term? Or do you say this league is going to fold, everyone's going to quit, I need to win this year, just draft draft for talent this year and call it good? And that's where it gets kind of difficult. I was going to say, um, my first question would be, is that the first year of the Dynasty League? Yes, and ironically, it's one of my friends, I guess, from what he said, it's some of his customers from work and co-workers. So you never really know how that's going to go, so... Um, I'm probably not going to go as far as building super long term, but there's a lot of young talent. Like I just drafted today for a regular PPR league, and there's just a lot of good young talent overall anyway that you can win now and win for the future. So I don't think it has to be an either or situation. Yeah, I, uh, I've done different things in all of my drafts so far. So some of them, <clears throat> they're all pretty much standard scoring leagues, but for some of them I've done, I've uh, had AI do the draft for me. There's a <laughs> there's an app called Walter Picks. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, I've done that. I did it. that last year. And I decided I was the first year I've found out about it, and I decided to try it. So in one of my leagues, I completely drafted based on AI, which was interesting. Uh, takes a lot of the fun out of it. But... So for mine, when I did that last year, and I don't know if it was AI or if it was just Walter Picks in general. Um, 
it was giving me kind of an this is kind of who you should go for and it was trying to keep up with who was drafted based on your league because you sink it overall but there was a few that it was telling me to pick where i was like i don't know yeah that was that was my commitment i kind of had to make because the the app itself adjusts to your live drafting and it basically builds around what other people are taking as well which is super smart um but yeah, there were some that I didn't like the pick, but I still took it because I had, I kind of committed that year. I was like, I'm gonna do whatever the computer tells me to just to see, um, which I think I guess is a lot like drafting based on average draft position and best player available. So it's kind of similar. Um, but yeah, Walter it's almost picks, auto draft kind of in a way. But yeah, it's like a smarter auto draft. And I kind of like like that kind of feel as well. I did an auto draft this year. Um, I just decided to go with it. I got on there and and did a sneaky thing and drafted Dalton Kincaid a little bit late um, to be my backup tight end, but more more so my potentially my flex, um, depending on how he does the first couple weeks. But it was, it's interesting, I think, with the auto-draft as a whole, because when you're auto-drafting and everyone else is drafting, you're going yeah. off of the same ranking system, if you're using Yahoo, it's Yahoo's ranks. If you're using ESPN, it's ESPN's. Yeah. Um, today, I kind of used a whole different ranking system, and I drafted myself based off those, and I tiered everything so I could say, well, my top running back tier is gone. Might as well go wide receiver. Um, different things of that nature, which kind of made it more interesting, and I think my team as a whole was pretty successful. I got to be a homer a little bit and get Tyler Bass, though. Um, that was my my late pick, and then Dawson Knox. That was something I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, John. Is you know, with this emergence of Dalton Kincaid, it's like Dawson Knox doesn't exist in fantasy rankings anymore. So, Are they forgetting oh, he gets touchdowns? Yeah. So this uh, this I've drafted four of my five. No, I've drafted yeah four of my five leagues so far, and this has been a theme. So in all of those leagues, Dalton Kincaid has gone first. Um, I've been able to pick up Dawson Knox as late as the 14th or 15th round when a lot of people are just picking up defenses at that point. Um, I don't pick up a defense in the draft. Uh, if it's allowed, some leagues don't allow it. My league does. Um, I don't actually draft a defense at all. I draft all of my players. And typically the first week I just go defenseless, which means I'm sacrificing 10 points. But the way I look at it is if one of those players I'm drafting on potential hits then I got a steal, and I don't have to worry about getting him off the waiver wire. Yeah, that, that's an interesting take on it, I think. And there, there's certain rules. I mean, you get into different fantasies. There was one I joined one year where apparently you couldn't draft any bench players before you draft your entire starting team. I've but, played in leagues like that before, and I don't, I don't like it. I think they it didn't takes tell away. Me, and I draft a backup wide receiver i'm like oh he's available and then everyone ripped my head off for it and i'm sitting here like dude like either tell me the rule or don't get mad like yeah that's a silly format i would i would contend that like that's a dumb format for fantasy you shouldn't be told that you have to now i can understand being told you have to fill your team because i do think what i do with the defense is a little bush league but that's also but that's also in one league and everybody in that league kind of does the same thing because they're all it's basically our way of saying we're all not going to draft a defense and we're going to draft based on potential 
what are your opinions on like super flex like get out of super flex position and maybe get rid of a kicker um yeah. so i don't know how i feel about the kicker position in general so super flex is intriguing i you know uh my big league which is my my main fantasy football league currently um they had so much fighting over this at the draft this year because we vote on our rules every year before the draft. And there's a, there's about a 60, 40 split about 40% of the league wants to go to super flex, but 60% doesn't. And the commissioner of the league is inside of that 60% majority. So that kind of makes it a super majority. Um, He made a valid point. He, He said, what I don't like about super flex, and this is his words, is that it's, removing from the game the 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 aspect of football like with current with standard format you have to have a quarterback wide receiver flex tight end running back and it makes you have to have all of those skill positions and he said that like putting two quarterbacks on the field doesn't happen now i would contend that there are times when it does you know you look at like the saints with Taysom hill but he was kind of a tight end qb hybrid i get his point uh, the, the counterpoint, which was made by the 40% minority, was the quarterback is the most important position in the league, which I agree with, and we can clearly tell based on where the money's going. So Superflex has its merit. I think it's tough if you have a 12-man league to do Superflex because you're really, if you don't get two of those, quarter, at least one of your quarterbacks in the first two rounds, you're, you're screwed going uh, going down the back end. Yeah, but I think it almost sets you up as another opportunity to go after the draft in a different way. Um, you get so many different opportunities. You go two wide receivers right off the bat. I drafted 12th overall today, um, and I had the thought process, do I go two wide receivers and just hammer it, or do I go wide receiver running back? And you kind of got to feel how the draft is going. You know, it's got its ebbs and flows, and you've got to make a decision on the fly. Um there was a lot of wide receivers taken off the board, and it kind of sets you up to go wide receiver running back. So that way, you know, if you're drafting 12th overall in a 12-man league, you're not drafting again for a long time. Um, yeah. So you've got to take advantage of the guys that are there. And if you had that super flex position, for instance, it gives you another opportunity. Do you go quarterback there in round one? Um, if you're at the back end of round one, so early round two, um, now, now you open that door up for those possibilities. And I'm just almost anti-kicker at this point because it's <laughs> it's such a weird position to draft because I hated the idea of drafting Tyler Bass. I think, but I did it because I'm a homer, right? So um, I think there's points where you're going to do that. But as a kicker, the general rule is you want a team that can move the ball down the field but cannot score in the red zone and kicks field yeah. goals a lot. And it makes it hard to make those predictions. So you might that's as well why, That's why I picked the Denver Broncos <clears throat> because I figured they're, they're a team that has, at least last year, moved the ball okay, um, but they kick a lot of field goals. It and that's what's smart. weird. And I think that's where the strategy is. Um, and mile so high, so... That's that's my fantasy contention right now. I actually have another draft here in two hours. That's going to be a couples draft where a bunch of couples are drafting. It's it's not the couples team. It's actually every member of the couple has to draft their own team. I'm curious to see who takes a kicker way too early. In the draft that I just did today, we had a couple of noobs, and we had someone take a, a kicker in the fifth round, um, which was a shocker. <laughs> 
it's an it's intriguing in general when you start getting people who are new to fantasy football, um, because naturally you want to draft all your starters first. It's just the thought process. If you're new, you, you're thinking, oh, this this guy's gonna play way more. But then you gotta think this guy's a sneaky steal here at wide receiver three or four for me, and. If he ends up being good, guess what? I'm going to play him majority of the season anyway. So the way I always handled defenses, there was periods of times back when the Jaguars sucked where I would just pick up whoever played the Jaguars that week is my defense. Um, and it worked really well. Um, so I'm not really big on keeping a defense on your roster all year unless you've got somebody super talented. Um, Bill's defense could be big with with takeaways this year. It really could be. Um, of course, you got Dallas with uh, Trayvon Diggs, who's either going to go up for an interception or get burnt for an 80-yard touchdown. There's no in-between. Um, it's kind of interesting on what you can do with your defense, but I've always been the type just to release them when it comes by week and just pick somebody else up. It's not worth yeah. it. So. so so as the year goes, I think you and I should continue this discussion and we'll have some, we'll call it the fantasy football segment of the show. And we'll tell people, you know, if you're not interested in fantasy football, just skip the first 15 or 20 minutes of this podcast and catch us on the back half when we'll talk about our thoughts and opinions with regards to the actual football. I've got actually some college football thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Travis Hunter, Travis oh, yeah. Hunter. Uh, is he going first overall? Is that is that too much of a hot take? He's getting drafted first overall. Is he draft eligible next year? He's got to be. He he might be um, next year because he played last year at Jackson State, right? Yeah. Um, is he playing both sides of the ball? I didn't get to watch he, that game. He he had 110 snaps at cornerback and wide receiver between both of them. Which is a big concern for me with injuries. Um, that's, that's my big concern. But it's getting him a lot of experience out there. But but with so many guys in college football, you get all those snaps. It's putting wear and tear on your body. Um, makes so it kind if of you tough. wanted to do if you wanted to do a baseball comparison, he's kind of like the the Otani of uh, of players. And <laughs> I Otani actually and, saw that on Twitter. They compared him to Otani. Yeah, but and and you look at Otani, and Otani just got hurt. He's going to have Tommy John, which that's realistically yeah durability is a huge question there but i'll be keeping an eye on travis hunter um i mean that that move by colorado whether you liked it or not um i personally didn't like the way it, that it went down um i thought it was a little little rough as far as the going in and immediately telling all the players hey if you're if you're not one of my guys then get out because i'm bringing in my guys yeah hit the that's portal. a little bit <laughs> yeah that's a little bit rough but it's it worked out week one um so i'll be keeping an eye on that I think for Colorado is that quarterback. Oh, he looked, he looked ridiculous. I mean, the, the Tom Brady tutelage is, is showing there. He, he did a lot of quick passes. He took what the defense gave him. Um, I'm curious to see if it'll hold up because, you know, week one is overreaction central. We could come find out. We could find out at the end of this college season that TCU is just God awful this year. And this was an anomaly, but if it's not, I mean, more power to him. Colorado looks like a genius. The president of that college is a genius right now because they're getting so much publicity and they're going to make oodles and oodles of money just off of that. You know, there is a strong possibility that Colorado could lose the next four. Um, and this just becomes a different conversation. Um, they're playing Nebraska, Colorado State, 
Oregon, and USC. Um, Nebraska, they've kind of crapped the bed a couple different times. So I'm not really high on them. Um, but in general, you've, you've got some tough opponents there that they're going to have to play in Oregon and USC. Um, even Colorado State, as, as you know, a rivalry team. Um, but primetime's always going to make it a game. He's going to get the media attention on that game and highlight yeah. it. Um, it'll be really interesting. I'm, I'm excited for it, but we'll see if it's even the conversation point at the end of the season. Yeah, that's I think that's what I'm most excited for is just to see where this goes because if this works, it's kind of like the Josh Allen story, right? When the Bills drafted Josh Allen, basically everyone said if this works, the Bills will have defeated math itself. I mean, it's a similar story with Colorado. If if this works, then Vegas would have been wrong. Every pundit would have been wrong about what they thought would happen, and that'd be it's exciting. That's what makes sports fun is when the unexpected happens. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it'll just be interesting overall this to kind of see, um, which kind of leads me into the Bills like season. We haven't got to talk really in general um, since the end of last season when things kind of ended, kind of albeit abrupt. Um, it was kind of a bad ending. Um, granted, the Bills kind of had that up and down season with a lot of bad things happening with DeMar, DeMar at the end there. Um, to end up going against that same team, the Bengals, it really made for a weird game. There was a lot of hype that this is going to be the chance for them to go out and play for DeMar, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, they they came out flat, and I mean, I was at that game. So that was the, the second game I went to that season in Buffalo, and I had never felt that stadium's energy so low. It was It was right from the beginning. You know, we had some energy at the beginning, and then it felt like as soon as kickoff happened, everything was just like it sucked the air out of the stadium. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, and that's why I think this season's going to be just, I think, different. You've got all this hype for Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, you've got the hype for Tua, too. If Tua can stay healthy, the Dolphins are going to be a dangerous team this year. Hey, man, Bills are finishing third in the AFC East, according to all the pundits now. We're, we're the third best team. So Yeah, Diggs, want, Diggs wants out. Um, won't be long, and Allen's going to be... Um, trying to get out as well, asking for a trade. You know, that the, the national media in general is, they honestly have been really irritating me. you got this Chris Jones situation, right, where Chris Jones has not showed up to a practice at yeah. all this offseason, and they're getting ready to play Thursday night, and he's still nowhere to be found. But Diggs gets excused from one <laughs> practice, and it's like, oh yeah, he wants traded. Stephen A's coming out saying, yeah, I've got, I've got reports that he wants out of Buffalo. Come on, where's this talk for Chris Jones? Here's, you know, here's what we have to remember, and and this is what I I've started telling myself about the the news, like especially the national sports news. The national sports media is always looking for to drive revenue, right? They want stories that drive clicks, that drive interest, that drive revenue. And for a while, the Bills were that story because the Bills were this team that was horrible for so long and then all of a sudden started making the playoffs frequently. And now the Bills are kind of like, not old hat, but the Bills are they are kind of boring from a national standpoint because everyone knows they're good, they're, they've got a good quarterback, and they always play well. So from a national narrative, there's no excitement to that. And I think when you look at New York, that's a huge football market. Those media outlets want New York City to start 
getting some of that revenue, getting those clicks. So writing these off-season hit pieces like they've been writing, it's part of their strategy. Yeah. So I, I, I've, I've stopped trying to feed into it. I've stopped trying to share those articles. And I know Bill's on Twitter. I refuse to call it X. I will still call it Twitter on this show. <laughs> um, Bill's fans on Twitter always you know, retweeting that stuff and liking and commenting. All you're doing is giving them engagement. You're giving them clicks, which is exactly what they want. Um, so the best, <laughs> the best response is honestly football nirvana, just to tune it out and, and exist um, and have kind of a, a quiet confidence, humble and hungry, if you will. Yeah, and get ready for 2014 Chiefs defense. Um, get ready for that. Um, but the difference between this team and 2014 Chiefs is, you know, Mahomes is ready to put up 50 points on a team. Um, so it doesn't matter if you put up 40 points against their defense. It ain't going to matter. And that's yeah. where I think this can really hurt Chris Jones overall um, is sitting out and Chiefs are still going to win games. Let's yeah. not – I mean, shoot, we're talking last year around this time period. People were saying Chiefs were going to be finished third in their division. Um, kind of oddly similar to what they're saying for the Bills this season. Um, but, you know, the Chiefs are going to – finish third and blah 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 it doesn't matter chiefs are going to win this year with or without chris jones and that's going to hurt his chances at getting paid i mean he ain't going to come back to kansas city if the chiefs can win with or without him um especially if andy reed finds somebody else that can play defensive tackle for him yeah it, it, it is interesting i don't think people are very worried um we'll fi- we'll find out after thursday how important this is so looking forward to the opener that's going to be an exciting game. I'm sure your household's going to be um, very uh, loud. Um. <laughs> yeah, the the future father-in-law is coming over, so it's his birthday. We're going to watch the game and eat dinner, and I'll uh, I'll play nice and watch. I, I'm I, you know I'll be rooting for my fantasy players. I've got uh, I've got Sky Moore in a couple of leagues, and I've got uh, Kadarius Tony if he plays, which I don't think I'm going to put him on the start this week because I don't think he plays this week. Um, but I've got some players and I, the lions, I think I'm going up against Jameer Gibbs. So I'm going to be watching him closely. What do you, I've got to get, get what happened here, John. I've got to really figure it out. Why were you wearing a chief shirt? <laughs> uh, that was a legend. Uh, that was allegedly, uh, that was just more of a, a joke and it was a, uh, it actually was not a chief shirt if you look closely yeah, at I it. Noticed it's a, it was a chef's shirt. Um <laughs> but I I was kind of the Chiefs preseason game had come on. So the night of my birthday, um, we watched the Bills play the Steelers, which was a god awful game. Oh, um, it was bad. But again, preseason doesn't matter. So as soon as it ended, I just said, just remember none of this matters. Um and when the Chiefs came come, came on, I told everyone I'll go change into a Chiefs outfit to be supportive. And of course, I came out wearing the Chef's T-shirt. So that was my it's my little uh, my my way of being supportive, but also kind of taking a dig, you know? Yeah, yeah. I noticed right away it said Chef's, but uh, our friend had posted it and said, "No, John's jumping ship already." And <laughs> I was sitting here in my basement thinking, well, after watching us against the Steelers, I'm questioning this whole season. Um, granted, there's the preseason 
um, pledge that you've, you've got to do. Um, we've all talked about that before, but I think watching that game in general, it was the penalties to me. It was it was nonstop penalties. It was bad. It was and bad. That, that's not what you want to see out of this football team. Um, regardless of, you know, if Josh comes out and plays well, I wanted to see that. You know, we got to see that in preseason game three. Um, I, w- I was real happy to see them go right down the field and score a touchdown. Um, but... There, there, is, there is something to be said about him coming out and scoring, and I know a lot of people were against him playing in the third game at all, but I think there is mentally something to let me get out there, let me get a touchdown, and then let me go be done with the preseason and put that behind me. It was almost better, too, that it was not a, like, one-play, 50-yard bomb touchdown. It was like they had to work for it. It was a sustained Um, drive. Josh had to, you know, convert on third down. They had to fight that adversity a little bit um, to move down the field, which almost kind of gave you a chance to put him in that situation. Um, And then, of course, we saw Diggs get upset. Um, But it was not what people acted like it was. He was upset because he thought he was going to score a touchdown. Yeah, he was upset at himself. The dude is a is a dog. I mean, he's a competitor, and he's going to be fiery. What's going to be interesting is because of what happened last year, there's going to be a lot more attention to him from the cameras on the sideline. Um, so you're going to get a lot more angles of him with his arms out or a lot more angles with him yelling. Yeah. Uh, but, but he's always been that dude. But he's just a fiery competitor. So what is your prediction for just game one? We're not going to go into every game, but... Game one as a whole, um, what is your thought process there? My thought process is this. Uh, you've had the noise all offseason about the Jets, about Aaron Rodgers. The one thing no one's talking about is their offensive line and how miserable it is and how great the Bills' defensive line is. I think the Bills come out and every Bills-Jets game has been close for the last two or three years. But I think this could be the first exception in, in, a, in a way that we will enjoy. I think we might be go out there and smother the, the Jets. Um, Ooh. Ooh. I, I, you know, I know. Hot I take. like what I hear. Fiery, spicy, <laughs> spicy take coming out right now. Um, I think that the, the hype, the, you know Sean McDermott has all those news articles plastered all over. They've got all the TVs on ESPN and, and the facility. They, they've probably got those... The week before the game, they're going to have those things playing on a loop so that all those players just keep seeing it and just getting it, get angrier and angrier, and then they can go take out that rage come week one. Now, I hope it's a good game. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers get hurt. I don't want to see anyone get hurt, but I think Aaron Rodgers is going to take a lot of hits week one. You know, that's kind of been something I've been thinking about as well. Um, of course, we had Matt Milano fold Mike White like a sack of potatoes um it was kind of crazy hit there and and they really haven't done a whole lot to improve that offensive line in general um but the bills defensive line honestly was pretty terrible against the backups for the Bengals on their offensive line so are we able to get home it kind of sucks that we don't have von miller coming for this game but it's good that he can come in healthy later on in the season i'm excited leonard for that. floyd it, Leonard Floyd better do something because he didn't do anything in the preseason, but he's also one of those guys that didn't have to do anything in the preseason. Yeah. So I'm trying to limit my uh, opinions on that. But overall, between him and Groot, and then you've got Ed Oliver, who's hungry. You know, he just got paid. 
Um, he had a lot of people upset that he got paid. Um, yep. So he's got a chip on his shoulder there to come out and play well. You got and our boy Daquan back. Yeah, that's huge piece of that defense. That, that's a huge piece. So overall, I mean, if you can get to Rodgers and make him question, you know, all those thoughts he had sitting in that dark room this offseason, um, that would be nice. Um, because you always hear, you know, once you're once your foot's on the way out, you're you're out of it at that point. If he's already thinking about retirement, he's already retired. He's already retired at this point. Um, so get out there, be hungry early on defense, force turnovers, and make him question why he did what he did. And then maybe we have a game closer to your prediction. However, I think it's going to be a close game, and it's also one of those games where if the Bills lose. I'm not calling the season over at this point. Um, This is going to be one of those games that it's a Monday night fluke, start of the season, you know. As long as we don't get blown out, I'm not going to overreact. Are you hedging right now? You're hedging your own game? That's emotional emotional hedging. Just looking at it in general is you've got a lot of hype there in New York um, going into this game, or I should say New Jersey. Um, You just get a lot of hype, and... We've we've been there. I mean, look at the game last year with Naheem Hines with two, like, kickoff returns. Sometimes you've yeah. just got that energy. Um, and the energy is going to be there in um, whatever their stadium is called, MetLife. Is it MetLife? Yeah, it's yeah. MetLife. So I, I agree with you, and I, I think if, if the Bills do lose that game, it's not panic button. Um, but I, I think they win it. I think they're going to come out equally, you know, the Jets are going to be hyped up, but I think the Bills are going to be equally hyped up and wanting to prove something. Um, But it is, it's a divisional game. Those are always a coin toss. uh, And it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm just excited for football to be back. Um, I don't care if it's a Chiefs game Thursday night, I'm putting it on. Um, I'm just, I'm ready for the Bills season. Um, I'm ready for, for kind of jokingly, as I sent out to many of my friends, you know, we're at that point in the season where I'm going to let the bills, how the bills do in the, in a certain week, determine my entire mood for that whole week. Um, and, and that can be good or bad, but I'm just, I'm ready for it. And, and, you know, I've got my beard growing out, my Fitzpatrick beard, um, Fitzmagic, um, we're getting to that point. You know, if I can create a little bit of magic going into this season, let's let's go. Um, was gonna say, you know, join our come come subscribe to our podcast. We're gonna do a little bit of fantasy football stuff to start start the episode, so it doesn't have to be a Bills fan. You don't have to be a Bills fan to listen. Um, yeah. Kind of give you know our sleeper pick, you know, things of that nature to kind of give you a little bit of insight, you know. John and I aren't the best fantasy players. We're, like, there's better people out there to be listening I've, to. I've won a couple of championships, but yes, <laughs> it, I'm I'm a, a staunchly mid-tier fantasy player. But just to get you know the average Joe's of Kansas City's opinion on fantasy football, it can be kind of fun. And of course, I'm, I imagine there'll be some beers with John and beers with Zach episodes this season, as we've always looked forward to. Yep. So. But. Uh, I, I think besides that, that wraps it up. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be recording again. Uh, hoping to get here every week. Can't guarantee it, but I, I'm glad to be rolling again with the Bills Backers of KC podcast. 
Yep, we're ready for it. So as always, go, go Bills. Bills. Buffalo, 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 it's the Mafia. Buffalo, 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 it's the Mafia. Josh Allen's coming. You ready? Step Diggs is coming. Buffalo, 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 it's the Mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 it's the Mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 it's the Mafia. Uh. It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? Buffalo, 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 it's the Mafia.